Welcome to another episode of Pour the Tea, Will You? With me, Leslie Pascuzzi. And today I'm joined by Kate Drew, a fellow Lamaze childbirth educator. She's also a mum of three, a registered midwife, a registered nurse, a doula, offering both um, birth support and postnatal support to women in Newcastle and I guess beyond. Now that we're going virtual, there's endless possibilities for you. Um, to support people right now. So welcome, Kate. It's great to have you here. Yeah, thanks so much, Leslie. It's great to be here. Great. Um, so Kate, tell us um, how you came to be um, where you are now, because your career is quite colourful. I like to think of it that way. You, you've got a lot of strings to your bow. So um, let's take a minute just for you to tell people how you got to where you are and, and what, what drew you to be someone who works so well with women. Um, definitely. I think um, I've been a midwife for uh, over 20 years now and I have always loved it. Um, and I decided about four years ago that I uh, really wanted to have more continuity with women throughout their journey of pregnancy and childbirth and also in that first 12 months postnatally. And I found working in the hospital system that I just wasn't able to do that um, and also work part-time because I've got three kids, as you said. And so <laughs> I didn't want to work um, in the continuity of care uh, midwifery models where the majority of the time that you need to work full-time and be on call a lot, um, for, you know, in that kind of work. So yeah, uh, I became a, a Lamar's childbirth educator and um, also did a doula course to offer uh, birth support. And so the idea behind my business, which um, is Collective Wisdom, which is sort of came about from the idea of that we all have innate wisdom that we bring to the experience of having babies and being pregnant and raising children. Uh, I also bring my professional wisdom of the education that I've had over the last 20 years and there's also to the your family and friends that uh, also support you during this time. So all of us together come together in a collective to to help you at this time. Yeah. And so um, I really like the idea of being able to support people from the very beginning of their pregnancies all the way through till uh, the first 12 months after they've had their babies and just being mm -hmm. a sort of touchstone for people all the way through that journey if that's what they choose to do. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, as you've said as well, like I've um, been able to move completely online, but for quite a long time I've been doing um, postnatal support for people who live overseas um, and might live in countries where English isn't the first language there, but English is their first language and they're wanting some extra support. So I've worked with women in Cambodia and in Sweden, um, in um, Switzerland as well. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's been really great. So, I, yeah, I'm already very used to working online, which is great. And you said you started out as a, a nurse. Did, did you kind of immediately feel like midwifery was where you wanted to go or was that something that you came to find, you know, late some years on? Um, I was probably, I was a nurse for about 12 months and I really enjoyed mm -hmm. it, but I was sort of looking to do some extra study and I thought, oh, you know, midwifery is always something that I'd been interested in. And yeah. uh, to be completely honest, the first six months I started the course, I was a little bit like, wow, this is like full <laughs> on, like it's a little <laughs> bit crazy. And then for some reason, sort of around the six month mark, um, after I'd sort of been to a few more births, 
um, it really sort of clicked with me and I went, wow, this is so amazing. Like I love it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just kind of became a birth nerd and um, yeah, learn as much as what I could about everything and, and everything birthy. And then uh, this month, actually 13 years ago, I had my first baby. Um, <laughs> so I ended up, my three children are born within three and a half weeks of each other, um, you know, birth dates wise. So we have a yeah. busy birthday time. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, that obviously as many people has changed uh, the way that I thought about, um, mm. you know, pregnancy and birth and motherhood. And we actually mm. moved um, to Sweden when my eldest child was uh, nine weeks old. And wow, <laughs> we sort of had planned it for a long time. And then, um, you know, the way that timing always doesn't work out perfectly, we went, well, we either do it or we don't. And we decided to jump in and it was an amazing experience, but also a really, really challenging one. And one that I didn't really feel like I um, knew how to access a uh, really good postnatal support and I really struggled mm. in that first 12 months. So mm. that's really part of uh, why I started my business as well is that I sort of felt like I wanted to offer women more support over a longer period of time as well. Mm. Well, yeah, just when I was listening to you say about going to Sweden, um, I had my first child in Europe, in Switzerland, and I can absolutely identify with what it's like to birth in a country where English isn't their first language. And um, it's certainly, I think, becoming a mum changes how you see those professions. I kind of, you know, I'm not saying took them for granted, but it wasn't until I'd experienced midwifery care that I suddenly thought, wow, you know, these women are really... Oh, angels that's how I refer to the midwives that delivered my kids I feel like having gone through childbirth it changes your your focus it changes your probably the things that motivate you to do the work that we do now was that your experience yeah absolutely and I think also too with each of my children I really learned a lot of different things and they were all of their births were very very different and um, I had like a cesarean for a placenta previa for my first baby. And mm-hmm. um, so that was, I was, it was planned in the sense I knew I was going to have a cesarean, but it ended up being an emergency because I bled. Um, mm-hmm. And then my second baby, I had a very, very long labor and um, mm-hmm. found that really challenging. But, um, you know, on paper, it kind of looked really good because I had a home birth and it was a water birth and all of that sort of thing, but mm-hmm. was really, really really challenging for me um, mm. and postnatally recovering from that birth took a long time. And then um, my third baby was um, very, very kind and um, <laughs> was a much quicker and easier birth for me um, where I had mm. my older two children there as well at home. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, I definitely don't um, just work with clients who have home births. Most of my clients like choose to birth in hospital which I support a hundred percent and I think that's the best place that Mm. you should have your babies wherever you feel the most comfortable but yeah that was just a bit about my experience yeah I mean I was looking on your website last night just to learn a bit more about what it it all looks like collective wisdom and I read some of the testimonies and one was it really stood out to me and, and the mum talked about her experience with you had been one where she'd learned whatever the outcome of her birth you know she was going to see it as something that she was in control of and the outcome whatever it was could be a really positive one for her and it sounds like that's you know kind of your experience as well these births have been so different 
but in their own way, you know, it was your, um, whether it was a planned cesarean that was planned or it was the home birth, whether it was long or short, they were things that you, um, you kind of thought about and worked through and decided this is what was best for you and your family at that time. And um, they sound like they were positive experiences. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I learned so much from each experience and there was definitely challenges with uh, each of them. And I had breastfed my first two babies relatively without uh, complication. And my third baby, I found the hardest to breastfeed and had to work really hard at that as well. So mm-hmm. um, I really learned a lot from, from each of them. And um, mm. I think it really took me until having my third baby to really understand about the sense of community and support that's around you mm. makes such a big difference and being able mm. to learn how to ask for help and also to mm. receive help when it's offered. And that made a really big difference to um, having my mm. baby as well. So, yeah. yeah. And that's one of the, the real um, topics that have come out of the survey that has led to us doing these podcast episodes is this um, anxiety and grief that women are experiencing as they imagine late pregnancy and the, hospital phase and then the postpartum at home being without that sense of support in the traditional sense so the not being able to have visitors not being able to have siblings come to hospital maybe not being able to show off you know your baby to family and friends the way that we would probably have imagined doing when we were planning our pregnancies in our mind you know Um, and that's one of the things that people have, have been noticing or kind of commenting on in the survey that they really they really feel sad that that opportunity because of the COVID-19 and all the social restrictions, those opportunities have been taken away. So um, do you have, what, what's your thoughts on that for these women that they're, you know, seeing out their pregnancy and their postpartum without that, you know, contact and support that you found so helpful for yourself? I really, really feel for the families that are pregnant and giving birth, like in this global pandemic, it's really, really hard. And when I read your survey, um, the results from your survey, the the prominent triggers for women's anxiety and their stress was the social isolation from their friends and and family and things. And also to their ability to be able to um, celebrate, like you were saying, and and show off their babies Mm. and um just have that family support I feel like that's very understandable that that's such a big disappointment to them and I feel Mm. really sad sad for them that they they aren't able to Mm. share with that so Mm. I guess for me I was sort of thinking what are the ways that you know we can help these families to bring back a bit of joy and celebration at this time Mm. and for quite a while I've been guiding many of my clients through the process of um a mama blessing ceremony um, and mm-hmm. this is a ceremony created for pregnant women by close family and friends. Uh, traditionally, um, you know, in Indigenous cultures, like it was part of uh, the process of being pregnant and giving birth. Um, and it's a time where the important women in the life of the pregnant mama um, can come together to celebrate her and to support and and encourage her um, and offer her lots of love and into the going into the passage of motherhood. Um, Mm. So many of my clients have really loved being able to connect with the important women in their lives in this way and have felt a great sense of love and support. 
So mm. I think this is like a very positive and empowering thing for pregnant women to do. And it's a way for women to sort of kickstart, I guess, uh, their passage into motherhood with their community around them. Um, mm. So they're sort of, I guess, a bit similar to like a baby shower um, in that's, you know, sort of probably a bit more familiar to people, um, but it's sort of totally focused on the mother. So the Native American Indian people have a tradition that's called a blessing way uh, that celebrates women in their community. Um, and often in Indian cultures, they do different things everywhere, but um, they often only give gifts to the pregnant woman and not to the baby until after their birth. Um, mm -hmm. So I think I was really also inspired by a client of mine who recently had her baby this year uh, prematurely and she'd really wanted to have a mama blessing and we'd talked about it and how it was going to happen. And um, she had her baby before she had the opportunity to do it. So her sister and her best friend contacted me and we arranged, um, I guess, like a virtual mama blessing where um, while her baby was still in the, in the NICU. And I just saw how much sort of joy and strength it gave her um, during such a stressful time. So, um, yeah, so when hearing about your survey and thinking about ways that I could support women during this time, mm. um, I decided to create a virtual monitoring guide um, so that women can have an understanding or, a, well, yeah, a guide of how they can do that for themselves and, and hopefully um, be able to connect with their community with the technology that we've got today, um, even mm. even when we need to be physically apart. Yeah. I mean, just listening to you say that, I just feel like this is someone or something, everyone, you know, everyone who filled in that survey, who gave us that real sense of, you know, not being able to be celebrated and not even being able to have that farewell lunch in the office or, you know, have the baby shower that was mentioned a lot. And, and even just to have a moment to I suppose you know end that chapter of your life I, I suppose we didn't ask outright but a lot of the women who would have filled the survey and would have been working and you know as we know when you have your kids you you know your work life baby mum hat you know you've got to then for most of us change how you you know go back into your life that was your pre-baby life so I, I really listen to that feel like so many people will connect with the the positives that could come out of something like a virtual mama blessing to have the chance to yeah feel that feel the support and feel the strength that that they would have got in a physical sense from being at a dinner table or in a cafe or in a park with all their loved ones but you know through technology um to do it um at the same time and, and feel their their good wishes i can only see positive things coming from this so I think it's a wonderful yeah, idea I think I think also too um with my second baby I actually uh, did a similar sort of thing where um I asked the significant women in my life to send me a bead um that I could make into a mm -hmm. um, necklace to have with me when I was in labor mm -hmm. and I just found it so mm -hmm. um I was really surprised actually how powerful it was to um, receive mm. these gifts and um, also the words that they sent with um, of encouragement and love and their experience of motherhood mm. and yeah I felt really mm. connected um, 
to them, even though a lot of them were maybe overseas or a long way away. So, yeah, mm. it's definitely mm. something that I think that um, women can do that's really powerful that will mm. help them, um, yeah, make those connections and mm. feel more joy about, about this time. Yeah. Mm. And the um, mother that you had the virtual experience when the, the child was still in the NICU, was that kind of done on, you know, these platforms like Zoom and Skype? Is that how um, you, you had it conducted? Were you a part of it or you just gave the advice to the sister and the friend and they did it yeah so we sort of talked about it but um like as a lot of people probably can imagine that when you have a baby in the NICU it's really a really stressful time it's actually quite a busy time because Mm. you're sort of trying to take care of your baby and feed your baby and um in between that sort of rest and take care of yourself so they did um they did it virtually in a way but not in real time so that sent emails and text messages and photos and um, of all the things that they did for her so that's one way you can do it but you can definitely also do Mm. it um, using something like Skype or Zoom or something some sort of Mm -hmm. virtual platform where you set the day and the time Mm. and then everybody can come Mm -hmm. along um, and log in and Mm. that's how the um, guide um, gives you like ideas of what to do so you can plan it beforehand but then also to like a guide of what to do during the ceremony so that you Mm -hmm. really feel Mm -hmm. like that you know um what to do and 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 how to get the most out of the ceremony so yeah yeah and people will be able to find out um all about the guide on your website which is www.collectivewisdom.com.au and um, when they have the guide, are they able to contact you to ask questions? Is it kind of is that the service that you're providing them, like, you know, as a facilitator? Or yeah, or absolutely. So um, what happens is that you can go jump on the website and um, you purchase the guide. Um, and the virtual guide is at a reduced price at the moment, just because I feel like that's um, you know because of the COVID nineteen. Um, and yeah. so then I mail out a lot of information to you and, um, some bits and pieces so that you, you know, know what you're doing. And then I offer, um, mm-hmm. email support for if you've got any questions or if you're not sure. And there's lots of options, um, of what you can include, like in the Mama Blessing. And I just thought maybe it would be a good idea to talk about three of my favorite ones that, um, so yeah, understand, um, a little bit about what, what could be part of the ceremony. So, Mm, um the first one um I've sort of already really talked about this one is like um the words of sort of love and encouragement and support that women can um give to the pregnant woman um and that can be through sort of writing letters or emails or you know just moving around the virtual circle in zoom to be able to let the woman Mm -hmm. know about you know why they think she's going to be an amazing mother or what sort of um, things they found helpful in motherhood or all of that sort of thing. Um, but also to their, they can like write a letter to the woman and, and mail it to her so that she's still got that as she goes along further in her pregnant mm-hmm. pregnancy journey. So um, that can be mm-hmm. a great one. The other one um, that I really love is the red thread. So this is a Hindu tradition Uh, which is thought to evoke divine blessing and fortune um, and create well-being and prosperity. Um, So 
including mm-hmm. this in the Mama Blessing, you would um, send out to everybody Red Thread, which is included in the package, and each woman involved in the Mama Blessing would um, put the Red Thread on um, during the ceremony, and then they can keep that on until uh, the for the rest of the woman's pregnancy until till the baby's born, and that just sort of really reminds mm. everybody that um, you know this is a special time for this woman, and it's a time where we might need to send her more wishes of um, love and support, and be mm. be thinking of it's her. Gorgeous. So, the other thing that people can do as well is um, take it off after the first 40 days, which of the postnatal period as well. So that might be a time where the mother needs like some, you know, a food delivery or extra support in that time. So she knows that everybody's still thinking of mm. her and, and supporting her. Yeah. Um, and the other one that I really love as well is um, the use of mandalas, which is uh, mandalas are like sort of complex artworks that are in the, in the shape of a circle and they've often got geometric patterns or symbols within the circle and they can be um, used as a, to colour in. Um, and so each person can colour in a mandala during the ceremony if they want. Or the other thing that um, people can do with it is um, colour it in and, and send it to the woman so that she's got that and can decorate um, her birth space with, um, you know, a beautiful mm-hmm. mandala and it can be written with words of mm-hmm. encouragement or birth affirmations mm. and things like that as well. And so it's just mm. lots of, you know, if people are into sewing or crafting and they can think of things that they can do with that as well, then that's an- another way to do that so that mm. she's physically got something from everybody that has, um, you know, mm. part of them with her and she can focus on that mm. during the, the birth and the labour. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And just um, listening to you describe those, I have, you know, in my mind this this sense of all the different, um, well, I guess the different senses that that these mama blessings are going to evoke for people. So whether it's feelings of love or visual reminders or things you can read, you know, we we know as educators one of the the big things we talk to people about is is the birth space. What do you see? What what are you reminded of? You know, where, where are you going to draw your strength from and, and all the things that promote those love hormones that we know more than most we need right now just to to keep things happening the way that we want women to experience their birth, you know. So it's I just have this lovely vision in my mind of all the different parts that these mama blessings would bring to a woman just to remind her she's not alone and to physically see the words, the pictures, the the threads you know imagine on all your friends had the red thread for example I just think is such a powerful image of you know you might be just there in your house but there's so many people yeah, got your back you know absolutely I think it's beautiful. and the other thing as well that um I know a few of my clients have felt a bit sort of nervous or a bit shy about asking the women in in their lives mm. to be a participant in this and um, you know, one way to think of it, I guess, is like if somebody asked you, um, you know, to be part of it, how would you feel? And most people are mm. like, oh, I'd love to and be, it'd be fabulous to be part of mm. this and, um, I, you know, I'd be so excited. Mm. So 
Um, and that when they've gone to ask people, um, you know, to be part of it, they said it was just amazing, like the support and the love that they got. Mm. So, um, yeah, and I think that that's a really good lesson to learn, especially with your first baby is the sooner that you can ask for help and ask for support, um, the easier your motherhood journey is going to be. And um, it's mm. not anything that you wouldn't want to do for somebody else as well. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've tended to become women, I think, of this um, day and age. You know, we, we feel, oh, you know, I'll be all right. You know, someone down the road, she's got a worse situation than me. And we kind of, I think we're very quick to not dismiss help consciously, but to think that we're going to be okay, like that we don't really need to reach out or we don't you know, want to bother anyone or, you know, everyone's maybe having difficult times. And we don't want to feel like we're being a burden to someone else, but it's a nice reminder just to think how would you feel if someone asked you to help or to be a part of this experience for them and and we would often always say for sure you know um I'd love to so I think it's a great reminder just for for any new mums you know if it's your first baby or you know a second a third or a fourth perhaps that you know asking for help is okay and chances are the person you're going to ask is mm, going to be and quite glad And I think a lot of the time too people want to help us but they're just not sure what's helpful so mm. if you can ask um, for mm-hmm. specific things then it, it, it makes it easier for the people who really do want to help you as well. Yeah. 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 And that's one of the big parts of, of planning for your postpartum isn't it to think ahead about what you might need if, if you've got a partner who's got to go you know even if it's working from home, you know, they've, they've got to kind of move into that phase after the birth or, you know, if you need groceries picked up or you might need, you know, something dropped off at the post office, you know, to think ahead of what things I might need help with. And, and I could ask someone because, you know, we'll know more than most with having had multiple kids. It's definitely Absolutely. an intense time <laughs> to bring a new baby home. And, and more so now, I think with the, you know, the, restrictions on people being able to come to see you you know we're going to have to probably be a bit more organized about how we ask for our help and how we try to get it but um yeah it's something I I hope women are planning for is how they how they can ask for help and how they can get some because um the flip side to that is a really lonely thought for women yeah absolutely yeah definitely and I think with um sometimes because you're not sure where to start or how to ask like having the mama blessing guide I find really helpful because you can take um part part of it you um you know I definitely don't think you should do all of the suggestions in it otherwise it would become really overwhelming but I've put a lot of suggestions in there about what people can do and how you can ask and um, what you can get people to help you with so that um, you can just pick and choose what it is that really resonates with you and make it your own and make it something that you feel um, is really um, unique to your your pregnancy and birth and how you feel about motherhood and, and the people that you want to support you. Definitely comes through in the, you know, the whole ethos behind the mama bliss I think it's amazing I wish I'd had knowledge of it when I was having my kids I also um, think too that we, yeah because that's the thing we just don't know and I think the whole 
um, baby shower and the gender reveal and all of that sort of thing. Like people are trying to grab for something that's mm. um, a bit more meaningful, but they don't know what to do. And so no. I think that's why I made the guide initially because my clients kept asking me like about what they could do and all of that sort of thing. And so, um, you know, and I'm very much about, not, you know, people doing things with their babies or with their pregnancy or in their labours, mm. what resonates with them like I don't mm. mind what they do as long as they yeah. feel good about it and so yeah. that's why I've done it so there's lots of options and you can pick and choose and mm. all of that sort of thing so that mm. then people can just take from it what they want mm. and make it sort of unique to them mm. I, I just feel like it's gonna because there's so many elements to it and people can pick and choose like you say it's gonna I just think it's a great opportunity to give people back something that they can take control of and they can say okay it might not be what I set out to do by way of celebrating my pregnancy or celebrating with, you know, um, close family or it's not going to be the traditional baby shower that you might have thought you had. But the same effect, I think, is there, you know, to feel celebrated, supported, loved. And, yeah, just to have a moment, just to appreciate where you're at before you transition through to motherhood I, I think it's gorgeous and um yeah I'm sure you'll get you know a lot of people interested because it's exactly what the survey talked about people feeling you know real deep sadness I mean almost bereavement really one lady just wrote um you know I'm having to let go of what I thought my pregnancy was going to be like and accept it for what it is you know and just you could feel the sense of it was like that part of them had died you mm. know when especially there was one lady wrote um quite really honestly about this was an IVF pregnancy it probably was going to be her one and only pregnancy um it was something she'd for a decade she'd imagined being pregnant and what that would feel like all the things she would want to do because it might be her only opportunity to have you know a pregnancy to have a baby shower to have people come and show off the baby all those things you know she goes for a decade I've thought this out mm. and now I'm pregnant during COVID-19 and it's not like that at all and you just read it and your heart just goes oh you know Feels so unfair. the loss mm. the loss you know and it is unfair and that's where you know the comp the kind of complication of these women's emotions is that they're they're sad but they're angry they feel that they've lost something but yet they're anxious because they don't know what the future is going to hold so you know the the beautiful nature of these mama blessings I think will bring comfort it will bring something that they can control it's going to give them something positive to focus on and yeah the benefits to that for you know any mother whether it's your first baby or not I think are really powerful and much needed right now based on what we saw in the survey people are needing something to bring a bit of joy and a bit of you know happiness back into what is a really uncertain time so I really want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today and yeah I feel it's uh, it's a beautiful thing and I really hope women take the opportunity to learn more about it and, and have a look at your guide yeah well hopefully that um you know people will get some ideas just from listening to this and and be able to create something themselves with the with the ideas as well so mm. um you know you, there's lots of different ways that you can do it so there's no right way to do it as well mm. so yeah mm. I really appreciate um what you've been doing Leslie to be able to share 
so many ideas for women who are really struggling at this time. So thank you. If you or someone you know is interested in purchasing the Mama Blessing Guide from Kate at collectivewisdom.com.au, please do get in touch. This guide is available right now at a reduced price as part of COVID kindness and it will definitely bring some joy, some love and some much needed support at a time when your mama-to-be is probably missing her chance to be celebrated in the way that she might have hoped.